if you really want to know what's going on here, this is 100% about your dad. If you really, really want to know what's going on, you hate authority. You hate it. Because it's masculine, it's about, well, okay, let's say if your mother was very masculine, your father was very feminine, then this is about your mum. But it's about the masculine component of your childhood. The masculine component of our childhood dominates us, dominates us, rules the roost, tells us what's going on. And basically, if you want to parallel that, and you'd say this is leadership upwards, respect for a higher authority. And when the higher authority begins in our life as being uh, someone who we feel abused that authority, someone who stole our freedom, someone who put us down, someone who put us, we get an obsession with being self-determined. I'm in charge. How I feel is how I am. How I think is who I am. How I, where I go is what I choose. But that is never true. It is never true. There is a, a, a higher view, higher order to everything. And, and, and we can only understand where we are through the lens of the, the, the world that we've experienced, right? But there's someone above you looking at you. It may not be your boss. It could be your boss's boss, or it could be your boss's 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 boss, or it could be God, or it could be the universe. But someone's looking at you going, <laughs> she thinks she's in control. <laughs> A fucking funny story. So you write your goals and you write your vision. You go, this is, this is me. I'm, I'm self-determined. I'm this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to bring up my family. This is how I'm going to have a relationship. This is me. And the power above you go, <laughs> fucking funny. And they, not because they, they think you're a joke, it's because you can't, you're blind. And Jesus led the, uh, gave people sight. And, and all the stories about the Buddha, enlightenment, it's all about um, realizing that there's a, there is a, a Above us, there's chaos. Below us, there's chaos. Above us, there's chaos we don't understand. But somebody above us understands the chaos above us. So if you draw a corporate hierarchy, for example, the top is CEO, uh, and above the CEO is the board. <clears throat> so the CEO goes, I'm in control. Well, just look around, because boards fire CEOs all the time. And the, and the board of the company thinks it's in control. But the economy of the world, like COVID, makes a joke of the board thinking they're in control of the business. And COVID thinks it's, everyone thinks COVID is in control. But if you go higher, you'll see that COVID is not in control, something else. So there are, it's always layers and it's not going into ourselves to find truth, it's going out. Well, as you go away from yourself, you see a bigger story. You see a bigger picture of, of um, you see a bigger picture of what you can, what you're accountable for. Uh, 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 say, say a mother gives birth to a child and says, "I'm accountable for the child." 
and they hold that space and then the child starts to about five years old starts to muck up starts to play out and the, the parent goes geez i need some help here and it's a single mum, and she's got a child she goes geez i need help here she thinks I better marry somebody or I might maybe get counselling or I maybe get a, a, a school teacher uh, to come in. And next thing you know, they see a bigger breadth of what they can control than, other than a baby who needs suckling. So the thing, the thing itself got bigger. That it's, and that means the parent is evolving. They're, they're seeing a bigger breadth of what is a human being because their child can now run on the road or put electric PowerPoint in or go to school or not go to school or use the iPad or not use. So the child's getting bigger, but sometimes the parent gets stuck wanting the child to be a suckling, innocent participant in their game. So the parent's basically saying, can you just keep the world small? But the kid that they love the kid that they are responsible for is getting growing up and it turns to an eight and it starts to punch other kids or it starts to play footy and get injuries and it starts to do schoolwork and get results. And these parents going, shit, this, the, the thing that I'm running is getting bigger and bigger like a blowing up a balloon and I'm feeling smaller and smaller because the, I'm witnessing how big the thing that I'm running is getting, but I don't want to grow. I fucking want to keep, because I don't want to think that there is authority or is a, a world bigger than me. I am the center, I'm the sun, I'm the center of my world. And I want to keep this kid suckling. But the kid keeps going, nah, puts their elbows. The kid gets to 12 and the parents going nuts. The parents going fucking nuts because the kid's getting out of control and the Parents recruiting uh, bystanders to say, help me manage this 12-year-old. It's going, the kid's going all over the place. It's playing sport. It's not studying or it is studying or studying too much or it's in their room or it's getting depressed. The kid's getting bigger and bigger and the parent's recruiting help. But the re help it recruits, the parent recruits very often is subordinate to the parent. So they recruit people who know less than them. And they only recruit people, typically, who believe in the art of suckling because that's what the parent feels comfortable hiring. Hiring help. Who's, so they hire a, 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 a nanny who, suckle, who plays up to the kid, suckles them. They go to a school that suckles the kid. And so the parent thinks, I'm getting help, but they're not. They're just reinforcing the paradigm that... Begin, where it all began but the kids growing and the parents eyes can't block it they would love to put the parent wants to put blinkers on they want to put <laughs> they want to put the kid in shackles they want to do everything to contain the kid within the paradigm on which it was born because the parent doesn't really in this case the parents basically saying i want to usurp control over my world I want to be God in my little world. I want to play God. But there's always a leader in a business telling the parent, you mucked up. And they say, I hate this job because the leader is telling me I mucked up. Or I hate this life because 
my witnessing of my child is telling me I'm mucked up. I hate life because, in a way, life is another god or a, a higher authority. And it starts to tell the parent, you're not doing a good job. It's not what it's saying, but it's what the parent's hearing because they're witnessing their incapacity to keep suckling as being the paradigm of bringing up a 12-year-old. <clears throat> and it all comes back to authority. If we cannot say, look up in the sky and say thank you to a power bigger than us and believe that we have a purpose in life bigger than our feelings and our happiness and our process and therefore get comfortable with the discomfort of being somebody's child, being somebody's idiot. And as I say, if, you know, if you're the CEO and you look down the business about four levels, it's not hard to see someone behaving like an absolute fool. It's not hard. The CEO would walk through a place and go, oh my God, this one's stressed out. This person's stressed out. They want to go down to three days a week. They're rattling their cage. They're not happy. But I can see the work they're doing. It's not very hard. Because I had to. I was there in that space. I was in that bubble, the, 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 the bubble where that person's at. But from where I'm at, where they're at, looks easy. And the person who's having the problem can't even look up at the CEO to see what they're doing because they can't even imagine a world bigger than their bubble. Someone says, do you want more, a stressed person? Or a person with a, with, a, with, a, with a child who isn't behaving as they want, a 12-year-old. And the parent's saying, I suckle, I suckle, I suckle, and it's not working. And someone said, would you like two? <laughs> two kids. And the parent goes, shit, no. I, I, I'm really, I'm over it with one. I can't do it. But if you go down the road, you'll meet someone who had 12 children. Two died. One of them's in jail. Another one's got a law degree. And you say to the mother, would you like another one? They go, yeah, sure. No problem. And it's because life, life gets bigger, but we stay small. Because we don't want to release ourselves into the unknown we don't want to own the fact that a parent might know better than us or a, a, a hard father or a hard mother might have persecuted us but they did it from a place of authority and we don't want to ever give somebody that authority back and that includes chaos because chaos is an authority if you get more work at work and that's chaotic there is an authority dealing that down to you, your boss or your boss's boss or the market or a client or, or a circumstance in nature or a, or a COVID. I mean, think about it. We've got a whole globe of people. Uh, uh, once upon a time, two years ago, uh, buying new cars, selling the house, buying a house, doing their job, arguing whether they're right or wrong, uh, working in an office, getting angry with the person in the seat next door because they smell or because they make too much noise. We've got people, and all of a sudden, all these little people got a big problem. Nature introduced a chaos inside their bubble. And the 
only solution for everybody on the planet was to grow bigger than chaos, was to include the concept of a virus or a bug or a global problem included in their work. But a lot of people said, fuck off. They said, I don't want a jab. I don't want to belong to a bigger world. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to stay at home. I'm going to operate like I used to operate in an office from home and tell people on the screen that they're assholes and, 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 and communicate in a, uh, 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 it's not a bad way, but it's communicate within a, a framework that keeps them at the top of a, an extinct bubble. Because the bubble got bigger, the kid got bigger, the world got bigger. And the wrestle with being dumb, the wrestle with being stupid, the wrestle with being incompetent. You say incompetent to someone and they flare up and they say, I'm not here to be called incompetent. And I go, but that's the definition of evolution. You, be, you, the world underneath you, your kids grow up and the problems they give you can't be solved by the solutions you used to provide when they were suckling. But you try. And the, the work, the same job, is not the same job. The same job, you, nobody's, the job is always evolving like a tree. But people try to operate under the same paradigm to manage the job. They go, I remember, you know, five years ago, it was management by this and we got this speaker to come in and he talked about yoga in the classroom, in the yoga room, and they, it, we're going back to that. And you go, it was good when it happened, but about 10 minutes later, when the business adapted to that uh, teaching, poof, you needed a new one. But did you get another person in? Who, no, you got the same speaker back to teach the same shit, to go over the same stuff, to maintain the old paradigm, but the thing that they're doing it on got bigger, which means it won't work. Scale is a beautiful word, economies of scale. So if you've got two kids, uh, one is two, one is five, and you're going down the street, one's in a pusher, in a pram, one's in uh, walking with a little bike thing, and you go, I'm a great parent, look at me, walking down the street, doing that. And, you, and the kid gets they start getting bigger. They start riding faster down. The one on the bike starts riding faster down the street to a pedestrian, to a, a crossroads. And suddenly the way you're managing these two got to change. Otherwise, they're going to have really serious troubles here. And then the one in the pusher starts crying because it wants to emulate the one in, on the bike. And next thing you know, you go, oh, shit, I had this under control. I was doing a great job. But now the thing got different but I want to get it back under control like I used to have it. So you start screaming at the five-year-old, you start telling the two-year-old in the pram, it's not going to work. You have to find a new toy or a new way of wheeling the two-year-old, which comes two and a half, and the five-year-old's got to learn how to stop the bike on a crossing. And you have to become a bigger, a bigger person. Otherwise, you stay stuck and they get trouble. And then you get unstuck because you realise you can't do that anymore. They fall off the bike or cross the road in front of a car or do something really thing and you go, fuck. So from now on, I'll change. You get forced by suffering into change. So suffering is nature's way of causing a human being to let go of whatever paradigm worked last month or last year that suffering is a way of nature saying, it's time to 
fucking get your shit together here because the world's got bigger. But people will suffer and suffer and they use alcohol and they use uh, sex and they use righteousness, I'm right, you're wrong, to avoid it. And the reason they want to avoid it is people want to believe they are the top, they are in control, even when they're in an organisation three layers down, they want to think they know best. And when their boss says, do it this way, they say, fuck off, I'm going to do it my way. And, or the boss says, you didn't do it good enough. They go, I don't want to hear that. So they're almost saying, I don't want to have any authority at all, in any shape or form, over me. And that person will immediately gravitate to Buddhism, where there is a teaching which is misinterpreted, where there is no authority, you are self. And so there is no God, there is no hierarchy. Or they gravitate to a church which says God is love, and therefore uh, we, we all hear God is love, but we don't know what love means, so we think it means a paternal, a maternal parent who loves you no matter what, so is never on top, never authoritarian. So we go, God is love, and therefore never authoritarian. Oh, that fits with what I want to hear because I don't like being authoritized on. I don't like being told what to do. I don't like being told that I'm stupid. I don't like being told I'm wrong. I just want to be right, and I don't want to change that unless I have to. And this is the story, and this is how, when we manage up, it's just respect for authority that somebody knows more than you about what you're doing. But you know more than the people below you about what you're doing. That's called leadership. So leadership is when, you know, if I'm managing my house, I say, I can lead this house. But the real estate agent down the road going, <laughs> you're making a mess of things. And I go, I don't want to hear it because I'm doing, I want to think I'm doing a good job. And there is, no, in, in a sense, what I'm saying, if you read between the lines, there is no better way than the way I'm doing it. So piss off. But the real estate agent's going, look, I manage 60 properties. That's my job. And in the management of 60 properties, I learned a lot of things. And therefore, I can lead you to manage what you do better. And you go, I don't want to hear it, man. I think I, I want to stay in the paradigm because it makes me happy that I'm doing a great job of managing my house. And the real estate says, but you mate, from where I'm sitting, which is over the top of 60 properties, there's a better way and there's more opportunity. You go, I don't want to hear it. I don't like authority. And next thing you know, for some reason, your property doesn't go up like everybody else's or you get uh, rats or you get something going on and you go, oh, I'm really suffering now. And you ring the real estate agent and you say, can you give me some help? So suffering will trigger the, the question. Suffering. Suffering will make us go, uh, there's someone above me, I'll reach up. But once I get rid of the suffering, fuck off. But what people don't recognise is there is no end to this journey, that if you grow bigger to run 60 people, automatically you'll get 80. And then you have to reach up and go, excuse me, can I get some help again? I've got a, now a new uh, thing. Or you wait until 20 of the 60 say, I don't like your leadership style, I'm not going to follow it, I'm not going to be productive, I'm not going to be uh, uh, committed, and uh, we wait until then, and uh, then uh, the, the, suddenly the whole thing we're managing starts to become turmoil, and we go, I'm suffering, I'm really suffering, 
And then you go, can you, you ask someone, um, um, consultants or someone, can you help me out? And you get out of it and you go, now piss off consultants because now I'm not suffering. But this is such a clumsy way to approach. It's like it's no different than having a body. The, when you're five, the, the, the body's kind of like you're eating your shit and you play and it's all good. But when you, as your body grows and grows and becomes more a product of the world you live in, so, for example, my body is not my body. My body is the vehicle that helps me teach maybe 100,000 people a week with podcasts and blogs and God knows what. So this thing, this managing this machine becomes uh, a more complicated. Now, I have to always reach out and say to somebody, can you help me? Because the load on it is bigger. I need to do better. So, I, I, But if I say... No, I'm going to be like a 20-year-old or a 25-year-old. I'll look like a 20, eat like a 25, act like a 25-year-old. The load and the, the management skill is going to, going to cause me to suffer seriously, seriously suffer. And then I'll be in a hospital asking a surgeon, giving the power to a surgeon, going, I don't want to give my power away. <gasps> I don't want to give my power away. I, don't, I want to be the boss of my life. But I've got to give my power to authority greater than myself who knows more about my body than me to get me from where I am to back on the road again. So the, 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 the paradigm of being uh, in be, thinking we are the top of the pyramid of our existence is just a reluctance to accept the unknown hand of a higher authority, the unknown hand of a boss, the unknown hand of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of a family, the unknown hand of a, of a community, the unknown hand. Look at politicians, poor bastards. <clears throat> they run our state or provinces. And they, they have the job of have, seeing order in chaos in our little lives. And we run around going, you're right, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong, you're right, you're wrong. And from where they look, give it uh, whichever side of the political fence they do, because they get their own coloured uh, sunglasses, <laughs> red or blue or something, from where they look, the whole thing looks ordered. And you go, oh, we're, we're, we're locked in, we haven't got the economy, there's no road, the traffic's jammed, and they're looking from a higher place going, yeah, we've got to... We've got to expand this thing out and we've got a project in place where it's going to take time. Oh, and, and the person in the community is complaining that it's not good enough, but the person who's running the province or the state is going, yeah, uh, it has to grow at a rate at which we can in, put in funds and disrupt the community and disrupt roads. So someone sees order in our chaos and what our complaint becomes sort of funny. But from the bottom, looking up, we go, you're doing a wrong job. So we look up at God or we look up at the world or we look up at uh, the boss and we go, you're doing it wrong because down here, I'm super smart. Up there, you must be super stupid because you can't see what I can see down here. And that's just a complete upside down of it. And sure, in the corporate world, some people get to positions of authority with not necessarily all the qualifications they need to have to get the respect of those below them. But the bottom line is, when it, if, you, if you compartmentalise them and say, is this person in charge of me? And if they're the boss, the answer is yes. Do I have to respect their authority? Yes. 
If I question their authority, will I win? No. Will I learn something expanding into their definition of order in this particular stream of work that I'm doing? Yes. It's humility to a higher power and it goes to life purpose. It goes to, is there, do I really have total control of my life? No. Do I know what's going to happen tomorrow? Absolutely not. Am I really in charge of my kids and family and work and things? No, I'm not. I'm just in charge of what I, I, can, I can operate. But there's something above me already got another plan, having a giggle at how I think I've got, I've got it under control. This makes it hard to be coached. It makes it hard to go to a, a sport club as a champion. You, you see it all the time. The coaches of sports clubs that are coaching champions are always negotiating. And in, in Britain, they call it the 1% uh, for the Olympic team. They call it the 1% principle, which means the coaches worked out that when you're coaching champions, they can deal with about 1% negative feedback per session. Otherwise, they take it personally. Athletes. The athletes, because the coach is wiser than the athlete, or what has to be, otherwise the athlete's not going to listen. The coach has to be someone who has more knowledge of the sport, more knowledge of winning, more knowledge of training, more knowledge than the athlete. That has to be that case. And the coaches in Britain worked out that the athlete from a pa higher power, a power above them, can cope with 1% because the athletes are very highly strung and very... Uh, highly wired, and they're very uh, obsessed with uh, proving themselves. Always, they're very egocentric. They want to prove that they can win. They want to prove something to someone. So the coaches worked out this great coach, and he began in the Olympic cycling. His book's written about it, called the One Percent Principle, and there's YouTube's about it. And what they worked out is that the athlete can cope with one percent negative feedback, one percent advice. Ninety-nine percent has to be well done. Well done, 99. And they manage the data that the feeds off the athlete's body. So it, they just can tweak 1%, 1%. And the athlete's willing to be humble to 1% improvement. That's the athlete. Because they're very wired and they're very operating in, in a sense of insecurity. They're dominant, only as good as their last effort. So if they won a gold medal, they're frightened of losing it. If they haven't won a gold medal, they're frightened of not winning it. So they, they sit on this magnificent uh, proposition that every little thing matters. And therefore, the coaches can't give them more than a little thing <laughs> in order to evolve them. So they worked out how not to do how not to deliver more than 1% feedback and therefore operate. And so the athletes themselves come saying, give me my 1% today. Give me my 1% today. Give me my 1% today. So if uh, you were in an office and I was in an office and we were in an office and I was working with you in an office, I would give you 1% feedback every day. What can you improve? What can you improve? What can you improve? What can you improve? 1%. And you'd be going, oh, 
do I really want to hear it? Well, maybe yes, maybe no, depending on how sort of um, ego or how uh, paradigm how paradigm uh, fixed you are. You'd say one no, percent's too much, or one percent's not enough. I'm, I'm, I really want more, and that one percent fluctuates for a human being who's not in sport between when I'm suffering, give me a fucking hundred <laughs> percent. If I'm if I'm hurting, bring it on. If I'm not hurting, I don't want anything. So the suffering for a person who's not an athlete doesn't have a succinct target. Then it means if I've got a problem, uh, they, if, if, if they've got a problem, that person's got a problem, they go to their boss and say, I've got a big problem, can you help me? And the boss will go, yeah, boom, 100%, you're fucked up. And here's another way of doing it. And the person goes, oh, thank God, I've got a boss, great. But if the person thinks they're doing fine and there's no evidence to the contrary, they'll say, and the boss says, I've got a better way of doing this, they'll say, piss off. I don't want you. But averaging, it's, it's growing, that individual's growing at the border of order and chaos, whether they like it or not. Order means I've got it under control. Chaos means I've lost control. But when they've got it under control, the person who's not respectful of authority will say, when I've got it under control, completely go away. And when I've lost control, please take it over from me so I keep the feeling of being in control. <laughs> but they're still evolving at the border of order and chaos. Instead of being 1% either side, they're 50% either side. So they're going, learning from, like I did my whole life, I learnt from experience. I never learned a thing from a book. So I was in control, 100%. Woohoo, look at me, I'm doing this. And then I was out of control, 100%. Oh shit, I'm really in a problem. I go to another ashram or another teacher or something. So I lost it and got it and lost it and got it. And so experience became my teacher. Well, that cost me uh, the family. It cost me $57 million. It cost me a spine. It cost me friendships. It cost me the opportunity to work with millions of people around the world. So it's not necessarily what I'm advocating for the people I'm trying to coach. I'm trying to say, I can give you what I got from experience without experience. And when people are struggling, they'll say, I welcome your advice. When people uh, don't want to struggle, they say, piss off with your advice. And they're paying for the coaching. <laughs> they're paying. It's the same money. It's the same coaching session. But they say, one day, they'll go, people say to me, yeah, no, no, everything's pretty fine now. Pretty fine. No, no, uh, really nothing much to talk about today. And I go, okay, you're in order. You, you, you're, in, you're in control. But then some shit goes down or something goes wrong or COVID comes off or whatever. And poof. Hey, I've got a really big problem. I want intervention from a higher, someone with higher knowledge of this thing. But it's much smarter to say every coaching session is an opportunity to crack, to crack that shell and just continually keep edging up that path. And then you've got to choose whether it's 1% or 10% or 5% or 50% or even go 100% in a coaching session. Then which means have an experience which is uncomfortable. At the end of it, put your jacket back on and go back to work and go, well, that's this week's experience. I don't have to learn, I don't have to have life dish me up shit to learn.
That's leadership upwards.